Thank you very much. I appreciate the introduction. Um, everyone who is here, you know, it's a difficult evening to be out. Um, generally, and particularly in this community, which has suffered really so much in the last um, uh, in the last day and a half. And uh, I happen to have been here for Shabbos, and I um, should just know that everybody empathizes very much with um, everything they, that is happening here in the community. The mission at the end of Makos tells us that Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted to benefit us. He gave us the special opportunity to have a unique relationship with him, one which is expressed in the giving of an extraordinary, comprehensive corpus of Torah and of mitzvos. The range of Jewish life is vast, sometimes, oftentimes, complex, which is why I should start off at the outset by saying we always need the local Morad Asra. He's never rendered superfluous or redundant. While we celebrate and embrace the opportunity implied by this Mishnah, the fact is that while we've been afforded this opportunity, it does impose significant challenges upon us. The task of implementing halachic obligations, which are comprehensive in a responsible manner, is certainly formidable. The complications of halachic life in our age, in particular, in which there have been so many new uh, innovations and in technology and so many ethical challenges as well, has only added to the challenge of trying to confront our responsibilities and our obligations. And yet, unquestionably, when it's all said and done, the reality is that we do have this responsibility to seek proper halachic guidance. The Torah already confronts the problem of what happens when the halachic questions become too complicated, in whatever area of the vast range of Torah, and part of the problem is that there is such a, as I noted earlier, such a comprehensive and vast range. There's dam and dam and din and din and nega and nega or noga. Either way, the range is significant. The interplay between the various categories is sometimes one which raises questions. Sometimes there's a conflict between the dam ladam and the din ladin without going into further details at the moment. In such a situation where the normal avenues of rabbinic advice of rabbinic guidance is unavailable. So, in extraordinary cases, the kamta v'yalisa l'amakom, you have to make that trip to Yerushalayim, to the Lishchas Hagazis, to the Bezin Hagadal, the Supreme Court of the Jewish people, whose multiple functions are described so eloquently by the Rambam in Hilkos Mamrim. However, even in situations where we either don't have access or don't need access to that highest authority, the Bezin Hagadol, it's clear that seeking proper halachic guidance is a challenge and yet an obligation. It's evident that halachic ignorance is no excuse for violation. While generally we say, there's a concept of ones rachmanapatre, if people do things unintentionally, um, if it's accidental, then normally we don't have to hold them accountable. But as the Mepharshim always explain, ignorance does not come under the rubric of ones 
of accident, all things being equal. Certainly when people have the capacity to be educated or they have access to Rabbanim who can give them proper advice. The point is that it becomes always necessary under all conditions, without excuse, to try to find, to try to seek proper halachic advice. Ushmartim asham matzos, the Torah tells us in Parsha's bow, and Chazal immediately changed the interpretation, noting the unique terminology that is used there, not only ushmartim asham matzos, which is so critical this point in the year, but ushmartim asham mitzvos. Our posture when it comes to fulfilling the mitzvos has to be one of shmira, not only observing, but safeguarding. We have to cherish the mitzvos in such a way that we safeguard them. This, of course, is the foundation for the principle of siag and takana, the, what some people call um, um, halachic policy, but which is, of course, much more than that. It's the principle of shmira sa mitzvos. Chazal tell us that mitzvah haba liyadcha al tachmitzena, one should never squander the opportunity to be involved in mitzvos. The whole cherus and geula of Pesach is linked to the opportunity to achieve real cherus, the cherus of being osek b'torah u'b'mitzvos, which entails halachic responsibility and the seeking and receiving of competent halachic direction. The idea of al tachmitzena, the idea of shmira. All of these impose upon us extra responsibility beyond the responsibility that obviously um, is part and parcel of any obligation. Whenever the Torah speaks about Shmira, the Ramban says in Masechet Chulin, that implies that we shouldn't even leave things to a point where we need to rely on what's known as Klale Hachra. We have all sorts of rules when we have doubts, Rov and Chazaka and all sorts of things the Ramban explains the word Shmira means you take extra precautions, you cherish to such an extent that hopefully you don't even reach the point of difficulty or of doubt. If Taryag mitzvos are associated with the Shasa Gidin and the Ramach Evarim, with the limbs and parts of man's body, symbolically, as many of the Moneha mitzvos, those who count 613 mitzvos, suggest, then we should be as zealous and as scrupulous about halachic observance, and by extension, our halachic well-being, as we are about our physical health. We would not risk illness by ignoring, by guessing, or even by making intelligent speculation when medical consultation is something that is accessible and mandated. And neither should we conduct ourselves in a cavalier manner with respect to our halachic responsibilities. Seeking excellent halachic care is something that demands for each and every one of us, the parallel of medical treatment, which means a combination of personal knowledge and judgment, access to general and local physicians, moradasras of high caliber, and occasionally, um, sometimes crucially, in the most crucial decisions of our lives, the guidance and the involvements of master physicians or surgeons. The first element of this equation is the principle of personal responsibility and personal engagement. That, of course, should be a natural function of personal Talmud Torah and, again, responsibility for one's halachic life. A way of engaging Torah life is to be not only aware of when one might, be, when one might violate, take precautions to prevent doing that, 
but to be involved in the halachic issues and decisions of one's life, even when there's not a question, to know, to know well what it is that one is involved with, whether it's Hilchah Shabbos, preparations for Pesach, the laws of Shiduchim, as we heard earlier, which are much more subtle, but obviously we look to the Torah for guidance in all areas. Taking initiatives in our personal halachic life is something which is critical, crucial for the development of a Ben Torah. We need to know and we need to be able to honestly assess, however, and to appraise our own capabilities in this context. It's one thing to be involved. In some cases, we may be competent also to determine and decide, but we need to also be careful not to overreach our own capabilities. One should be involved in the shilas that one asks by doing research, by understanding them better, if they are in fact in the Elu Ve'elu Divrei Kim Chaim range, especially even in the actual normative Psach range of that Elu Ve'elu, if you have an argument between the Rav and Ramosha Feinstein, Rav Shlomo Arbach, and Rav Yashiv, I'm just mentioning names. In other words, legitimate postkim, the Mishnah Brura and the Aruch HaShulchan, and especially if it's an area in which one has studied, one feels competent, um, the stakes are not so consequential, they're not life and death, they don't affect um, global um, communities. It's very possible that in such a situation, one might be competent on his own to render decision. But one, even in these kind of areas, needs to know one's limitations. One has to be, I think, humble in all aspects of life. Tsanua, as Rav Willig spoke of earlier, um, but humble as well. In many cases, knowing the information, engaging the sugya, doing the research is probably the best way to begin the process of consulting somebody with a greater level of experience and insight. More difficult or consequential issues would require obviously greater authority and more experience. Yet even here, the capacity to frame the questions in a you know, proper way to explore with the halachic authority, to contribute to the resolution of the question, is something which would be extremely significant. And yet, obviously, with all of that, the most important element is to develop the principle of Asei L'charav and the relationships which will help you assess your degree of personal stake in such decisions, to exercise sufficient humility on the side of halachic caution, and at least asking the Shayla. Moreover, asking Shailas to the local Rav or to one's Rebbe is something which provides a framework for further development and relationship with the Rabbi, with the Rebbe, uh, with the Marada Asra. And that too is a crucial part of one's continuing personal development as an Ovid Hashem, as well as his growth and his family's growth as a member of the Jewish community. In addition to the answer, the resolution of the specific problem, in other words, the development of a relationship with the Rav is something which is indispensable in its own right. The Rav, the Rebbe, the Morda Asra, that's a complicated question. Maybe we'll get back to it later on. Obviously, depending upon the type of issue and the level of expertise of either one, the degree of experience, and the types of relationships involved, as well as who is affected by a particular decision. One may have a very close relationship with one's Rebbe, and that might make him the proper address for many types of questions, um, the most proper address. 
At the same time, especially in issues which affect life in the community and the way that one integrates into that community, the Marida Asra is uh, perhaps a more appropriate address for issues of that sort. This question, who to turn to when one is already asking questions, the more local rabbinic authority or one's rabbeim or, to use the metaphor that we referred to earlier, the master physician, um, the great surgeon, is part of a larger issue which I'd like to turn to. What is the relationship between local rabbinic authority and the more um, Bezin Hagadol, let's call it, model in Jewish life? Let's address that issue briefly. On one respect, this is a question of the relationship between centralized and decentralized rabbinic authority. This issue is perceived, and I think partly correctly, not completely, but partly correctly, as a distinguishing feature or factor or perspective between diverse halachic communities, different parts of the rabbinic world. In one community now, and I think this is more a recent phenomenon, um, at least in its extreme, the focus seems to be on a single authority figure. In the uh, Shetel controversy a couple of years ago, um, someone uh, remarked to me that uh, Rav Yashiv is the Moradasra of the world. I thought that to be a bit of an extreme formulation. Um, since the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, I don't know if there was a single Moradasra of the whole world. Uh, even Moshe Rabbeinu had his Betzalel, um, who ceded to Moshe Rabbeinu's authority, but at least uh, was certainly able to raise issues as we read in this past week's Parsha, at least as the Medrash understood from the Parsha, and maybe we'll get back to that. But unquestionably, the mentality of seeking a or one or two single authorities who ideally will respond to every single question, were it humanly possible, seems to me the mentality of one part of the rabbinic world. From that perspective, the various layers to the Gadol Hadar, we'll call it, are simply that, they're layers, they're a conduit, they're a bidieved, no matter, it seems, is either too local or too trivial for the attention and the authority of the Gadol Hadar. I think that that's more of a recent phenomenon. Um, I'm not a historian of the modern era so much, so I'm not speaking uh, in authoritative terms, but my impression, anecdotal and otherwise, is that this is relatively a new idea, is at least as it's expressed in this extreme. In our community, I think, uh, however you want to define it, I think that we do impute great value, great significance to the hierarchy of authority and its different strands. We attribute great significance to the local Marada Asra as a local authority. We perceive added halachic dimension in the involvement of various strata and view the propriety of the domain of authority of Mordasra and various other levels, not merely as layers, as a conduit to the top, but as making a contribution in their own right, this being a total comprehensive hierarchy system, much in the way that classically the Besdin system operated. There was a Besdagadol sitting in Elishas Hagazis, there were other Batedinim which were in close proximity to that Besdin, there were Besdin of each Shevet. Um, who dealt with sometimes the peculiar, special, characteristic issues 
of that Shevet. Then there was a whole network of other Batei Dinim, Shalchav Gimel, and then from there Gimel, some in the Pelech and some in the Ear. There was a whole hierarchy. Rarely was there a single or exclusive authority who would render decisions, obviously, in each and every case. Final authority figure. In our world, generally, there's been a great appreciation also for the legitimate diversity of Elu Velu Diverle Kim The idea that, absent a Bezen Hagadol at least, we appreciate the presence of multiple Gedolim. And assuming that that Elu Velu is as enriching as it sometimes can be, we also appreciate the possibility that we might address different questions and different kinds of questions to different Gedolim, to different singular figures. Not based, of course, on the desired or the predicted response. That's something which is totally unacceptable in the world of halacha. We don't look for chumras. Gemara says, if you look for chumras every time, you're a fool. If you look for kulas every time, it's even worse, you're a rasha. But if we turn to people who have different expertise, different um, um, peculiar, particular um, emphases, experiences, and our interest is to extract the most accurate, um, the most impactful halachic decision, then the presence of more than one gadol is something which is not distracting, but on the contrary is enriching and enhancing. But this idea of a hierarchy, as I'll explain a little bit more as we go forward, this idea of local rabbinic authority and other layers of rabbinic authority and a higher um, apex of rabbinic authority uh, needs to work in a precisely and calibrated manner. We need to balance the appreciation of the various strata with clear guidelines on the limits of local authority and the rigorous standards of psakalacha and in some cases directed hashkafa, call it das Torah, if you will, um, especially with regard to global, vital issues. Due to time constraints, I'm going to dispense with the formal or comprehensive presentation of some of the halachic issues, even though it's very important, both precedents of history which illuminate some of these issues, particularly the locus classicus of some of these issues is to be found in Yoridea, Simen, Reish, Membeis, where many of the issues about the parameters of authority are spelled out. What is the relationship to Rabo, Talmud and Rebbe, how independent, how dependent? What about Chacham Mimenu, somebody who's clearly more advanced in his Torah knowledge and in his experience? The question of age and maturity as it relates to rendering Piske Halacha? The question of local authority, Chacham Be'iro. All of these issues are discussed. It's complex. It would require, obviously, several hours to go through the details. Instead, I'd like to just present or portray a general picture, general guidelines about the need to balance the competing considerations which I already alluded to in order to constitute this more ambitious approach of a hierarchical um, rabbinic authority. Let's start with the local authority and his special role, the Marada Asr. Before I begin, I should really just make uh, one other comment, and that is just to preclude any kind of misconception. When I speak about the hierarchy uh, the issue of the actual function, practical, professional function of the rabbi is completely irrelevant. Whether somebody serves as a rabbi in a local community, 
as a posek, as a Rosh Hashiva, as a Dayan, to my mind is insignificant. The issue is really the stature of the authority involved. You might have the Godladar sitting uh, in some little shtetl in a shul and not having any other position, and he might be the wisest and most qualified person of his generation. The fact that you know he um, happens professionally you know, to be in a narrower um, orbit is obviously irrelevant. Somebody may have a very respectable position. He might not have the personal stature. I'm interested in personal stature um, pretty much in this discussion. So let me talk about first the question of local authority per se. Here I speak uh, from a bit of a personal perspective, not as a rabbi in a community, but uh, in a certain sense, I think uh, just as qualified, maybe more so, as a rabbi's son. I can readily attest personally to the enormous impact of the local Rav, the local Marad Asra, and how critical it is for the entire system, in my opinion, that he exercise a good measure of authority, even autonomy, to achieve that effectiveness. Number one, pragmatic considerations of access and efficiency. He is the one on the front lines. He is the one with contact with the local Balabatim. If he's a man of integrity and stature and learning, his impact, his contributions are going to be enormous. The fact is that access, efficiency, the actual relationship in times of difficulty between a Rav and a Shoel um, sometimes will define the entire relationship of a family with Yadus and with Halacha. It's not coincidental that the Halacha itself values this question of access and efficiency, as is clear from various sources. These, of course, are the cornerstone of the ongoing relationship with the Marada Asra. The main parsha, which is relevant to this entire discussion, is the parsha of Yisro. Yisro came to visit Moshe Rabbeinu. He introduced himself as if he needed introduction. That's an important um, preamble to this whole story, but we're going to skip it for right now. After establishing exactly who Yisro was, that he was somebody worthy of giving advice even to a Moshe Rabbeinu, so the Torah tells us the story about rabbinic hierarchy. The next day, Moshe Rabbeinu went and he began his daily task of answering Shilas for the entire nation. And the Sukkim are just very fascinating. The usages are fascinating. Al Moshe, they stood Al Moshe, not in Moshe, Lifne Moshe, Al Moshe, Mina Boker Ad Arev. Moshe, You saw everything Moshe was doing to the nation has a kind of double meaning for the nation, but also to the nation. There were problems. He said, What are you doing to the people? For the people, to the people. This lonely existence, taking upon yourself the 24-7 burden of answering all the Shilas of Kal Yisrael. People are coming to me, and by the way, this is an absolutely a remarkable and inspirational formulation. People are coming to ask Shilas. Moshe Rabbeinu defined it, That's Drisha Shalokim. 
When they have any issue, they come to me, Vishafati, Ben Ishu, Ben Reyeu, Vodati, Ischuke, Olokimis, Torosav, I transmit to them as only I can. Moshe Rabbeinu had that kind of relationship with their Bodhisattva with Torah. Vayomar Chosen Moshe Elav, Lo Tova Davar This is not a good idea. Navol Tibol, very strong language. This is going to be something that is going to undermine your relationship with the Jewish people. Gamata, Gama Omazet, it's not good for you, it's not good for them. Asherimach, Kichaved Mimcha Adavar, Lo Tuchal Asol Avadecha. Atashma Bekoli Iyatzcha, Vihi Elokim Imach, and as we'll explain in a minute, the Nitziv suggests that he wasn't just saying, cut back, you have to invest in the long term, don't burn out, those things too. What he was really suggesting was also, change your entire focus and your entire relationship here. Instead of what you were doing before, Instead of just telling them the halacha, you should be an intercessor on their behalf for their needs. His heart Basically, your relationship with the people will change if your task and function changes as well. He wasn't suggesting that we pick unqualified people in his stead. On the contrary, amazing, talented, people who are brave, courageous, personally, basically a whole hierarchy of rabbinic authority. That's the suggestion of Yisrael. And then Moshe Rabbeinu accepted his advice. Vayishma Moshe l'koch chosno, vayas kol asher amar, vayivchar Moshe anche chayel mikol Yisrael, vayiteno sam rashim alaam, sarei alafim, sarei meos, sarei chamishim, sarei asaros, shoftos ambachales. Here the Torah changes, instead of just davar hagadol, it's es hadavar hakoshe, yaviyu na Moshe, the difficult issues, vechol hadavar hakaton yishpetuheim. Basically, one factor is clear. This is a recipe for disaster on two levels. Number one, the question of pure access. Some of the Mepharshim explain it was impossible for the entire nation to get good halachic uh, advice, good halachic knowledge, if they had to wait in line all day for a beleaguered and embattled Moshe Rabbeinu. Shoftim v'shotim titan l'cha b'chol sh'arecha b'chol pelech u'pelech b'chol ir v'ir. There's an obligation to appoint judges batidinim in every community, in every state, in every city. The Ureim and the Smak do not count this as a mitzvah because they say the principle is based on access and convenience. We want to encourage people to ask Shilas. Therefore, if there's only one central authority, that's going to discourage them. In the end, they'll end up going to non-Jewish courts, not asking Shilas, relying on their own knowledge, which is limited. In some cases, just being ignorant and thinking that Ones Rahmana would be Patre. 
it's necessary to have access and efficiency for Torah to develop. Moreover, other Rishonim think it is a mitzvah, even though they think that the mitzvah is based precisely on this accessibility, the professionalism, the opportunity afforded by the local best. Pisgah Tshuva has a discussion in Yorodea, in that same Simon, Reish and base, where the din of Inui Hadin, the problem of delaying and answering Shailas, applies also to Isra Vahetar or not. The Gemara Sanhedrin, Daflamid Beis, discusses what the relationship is between two Balidinim, one of who wants to go to the local court for the sake of convenience, the other who is interested in a better quality of Psakdin, he wants to go to the Gadladar, to the bigger court in the capital city. The second element is Navaltibo, the burnout factor. This idea of 24-7, as idealistic as it is, we see what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu. He started off wanting to answer every Shiloh of Kal Yisrael, and already in the Parshios of Bamidbar, he's had his fill with the nation. Imagine what would have happened without the advice of Yisrael. Physically, psychologically, even a Moshe Rabbeinu finds it difficult to carry the entire burden, to be the Marida Asra of the world. It's not healthy for the world, it's not healthy in the end for Moshe Rabbeinu to be the exclusive address of every single issue, no matter how significant or how trivial. As it is, Moshe Rabbeinu's remarkable leadership overburdened him. The fact is that there are other elements as well. While sacrificing the quality of the Godladar of Moshe Rabbeinu, this hierarchy adds a dimension of a more personal, or at least a potential, for a more personal and more flexible psakalacha, as there can be now a more local psakalacha. The Meshachachma notes the word davar, kol davar. Moshe Rabbeinu said, all the dvarim, all the matters came before me. And the Meshachachma is a, just an insightful comment. The people weren't coming before him as much as the dvarim were. Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to render piskei halacha all day long and he wasn't able always to focus as much on the circumstances of the individual. Many wonderful stories about Poskim, you know, who asked a seemingly irrelevant questions to the Shoalim in order to establish something about their personality, their economic circumstances. A good meshiv, a good posek, is somebody whose uh, effectiveness is enhanced by his knowledge of the Shoal by his knowledge of his circumstances. Local psak, in theory, allows or affords for better psak in some cases because it is more personal, it can be more flexible, there can be a better appreciation of where the, what the question is really about and also where the solution will take place and what impact environment and being roa sanolad will have on the individual. Much more needs to be said about this topic, but again, we don't have that much time. In other words, greater attunement to the specifics, to the formulation of the psak, knowledge of the shoel, follow-up with the shoel, all of these are enhanced by the involvement of the local Mar Asra. Today, we live in a global village, we have the internet, immediate access to anyone and everything, and yet, in some respects, while that is made for greater access, is also made for more impersonal psak, 
less of a relationship with the Meshiv, something which in one respect undercuts the quality of the Psak. You have to weigh the quality of the Posek with the quality of the experience, including the knowledge in both directions of Shoel and of Meshiv. There is a principle of Bez Nashevet, as we mentioned, and the Ramban in Parsha Shoftim tries to explain that each Shevet had its own quirks. The Bezna of the Shevet had unique understanding and insight into its Shevet. Sometimes it was the most appropriate way for Psach Halacha to take place. The Meshachachma's difference between the Gavra and the Davar. Naval Tival has another connotation. The Navla Sfasam of the story in Bereshis. Sometimes when you hear too many Shilas, too many stories, a cacophony that can distract and that can skew the psak or the reception of the psak. So there is much to commend local rabbinic authority. Furthermore, the halachic prominence of the local rav is extremely crucial. Its importance to the kehila that they be served by someone who continues to develop as a dayan, Elohim Elohim, the name for a dayan samoch in the Torah, is synonymous literally with the name of a Baruch Hu. I've often tried to explain that the principle of shoftim v'shotrim titan l'cha b'chol sharecha, the idea that we encourage local batidinim, isn't only because of access, it's also because of the preeminent role of tamidi chachamim in the communities in which they live. By locating tamidi chachamim in all local communities, we upgrade the religious profile of that community. Tamid Chacham is an inspiration. He's someone whose mere presence is impactful to the community. When the local Rav is allowed to thrive and to flourish, when his authority is respected, when he's able to continue to grow by virtue of the Shilas that he learns to develop and to handle, that principle of Shoftim Vishotrim of Elohim Elohim is enhanced along with it. Moreover, as in the old Bezdin system hierarchy that is partly a model, the local phenomenon of Psak is a training ground which further develops Poskim. They begin in their local communities, they develop a reputation beyond with other Abanim, and ultimately they grow into the great Poskim of the next generation. This, of course, is the idea of Asela Kharav and Histalik Minasafek, the idea that involvement in a Rebbe Talmud relationship and in Psak is a growing process as well. It's a catalyst for producing greater Talmudic Chachamim who will serve the larger community as well. This system contributes then to the vitality and the dynamism of the total system when it's properly pursued as it was in the network of Bateidinim. They would take the talent from the different levels of the hierarchy and move them up the ladder. It also ensures that issues are engaged. Sometimes there wouldn't be time if you had a single authority. Even if you looked at everything merely as layers getting to that single authority. And it creates a certain check and balance. This way, there's no abdication of responsibility, which again, the conduit um, theory sometimes can contribute. Moreover, the engagement of many poskim, each on his different level, 
enhances the Elu Elu perspective and the diversity of halacha which is appropriate. It engenders healthy discussion and debate as long as proper guidelines of respect and ultimate authority and decision-making are, of course, accepted. And that's our next point. In theory, then, the whole system of local psak frees up gedolim in the hierarchy for a different role entirely. Beyond the burnout and the exhaustion and the advantages of local psak, it frees those unique unfortunately, there are never so many of them, never enough of them for our needs, but those who we can at least identify, to focus on strategic issues, the direction of the community, hopefully, the Dvarim HaKashim and the Dvarim HaGedolim that are referred to in the Parsha of Yisro and Moshe Rabbeinu. As I noted before, according to the Nitziv, earlier Moshe Rabbeinu was asking Shailas, and he was the conveyor of information between and from, between Yisrael and the Rabbanu Shalom, and back the other way. According to the Nitziv, if you look carefully at the Psukim, the whole role of Moshe Rabbeinu changed after Yisro's suggestion. Instead of just being a conduit of information, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to exercise his status as a Navi, as an uh, advocate for Klal Yisrael, as someone who could pursue the possibility of more creative solutions, again, with the authority, of course, the ultimate authority of the Rabbanu Shalom himself. Instead of just being Al Ha'am, he was now Mul Ha'am, and his entire leadership capacity was enhanced by that change. In our yeshiva, we just celebrated a Chag Asmicha. And uh, I recall in years past, you know, people always have this, uh, you know, humorous saying, you know, the most important thing that you get at the Chag Asmicha is the telephone number, you know, usually they used to say the telephone number of Ramosha Feinstein, the telephone number of your Rebbe. All of this, of course, uh, is true. That is a, a vital and important aspect. But at the same time, our ambition for our Musmachim, uh, for our Rabbanim, is that they too should develop as Mori Harabi Yisrael, and that they should contribute significantly to the process of Psak. However, all of this is contingent upon the final piece, the most important piece, and that is the vital role of the supreme authority figures. I think ideally not one single individual, but a group um, of Chachmeh HaMesorah who are preeminent in this scheme. And as I said before, it has nothing to do with what job they perform, whether they're in the world of Psak or Rosh Hashiva, whether they're a rabbi of a local community. I'm talking about the stature of the individuals. Logic, precedence, previous models, in other words, and the normative halacha itself dictate that the enhancement of the system by means of the role of the local authority is contingent fully upon the role of that highest rung, the Tamid Chachamim Chachmeh HaMesora, and the recognition of that hierarchy. Without proper regard and ceding authority, not really ceding authority, the truth is pursuing that authority eagerly in the Dvarim HaKashim and the Dvarim HaGadolim, the whole structure falls apart. The whole structure is invalidated. It's ironic but crucial to note that, as the Nitziv noted, Moshe Rabbeinu's role in Yisro's scheme is not smaller but greater. His ability to convey and to project his unique capabilities were greater in that structure. 
Moshe Rabbeinu didn't become less influential. He became more critical to the entire enterprise. Enterprise. is contingent upon ki mimcha davar the sine qua non of local leadership is the proper authority of the Bezdin Hagadol and its equivalent, Chachmi HaMesorah, in every generation. The Balitosis and Moshe of Zekenim, Alatar, and the Parsha of Yisro explain the Sare Elef and the Sare Mea. It's interesting to note, if you count them up, the local hierarchy were always included in the next group, meaning the lowest rung in rabbinic authority were the balabatim of the next authority, who were the balabatim of the next authority, who were the balabatim of the highest authority. In other words, this is a true hierarchy which depends on the Bezen HaGadol Shabalishas HaGazis and its symbolic equivalent. Searching for halachic truths and for the norm for the comprehensive ideal of Mishpat Echad Yehalachem is something which is not less crucial or compelling despite the principle of Eilu Ve'elu Divrelechim Chayim. We are blessed with the plethora of legitimate perspectives in Halacha and we still try to pursue the best truth that is accessible to us in each and every generation. Lahamid al ha'emes or as some of the Mepharshim explain, this is the task of every generation and its rabbinic um, hierarchy. The input of Chachmi HaMesora, of Gedolei Torah then, is indispensable in addressing in particular issues of innovation, complex issues, complicated issues, particularly needed in the cases, in these cases, are the insight and the instinct of walking Sifrei Torah. Sometimes there aren't makoros, specific makoros, for every single issue, but the instinct and intuition of somebody who lives and breathes the system of Torah is invaluable. In some cases, it's the only basis for moving forward in thorny or difficult issues. Like a master diagnostician in the world of medicine, who sometimes can't prove it, but is still the best person to rely on. He knows it, even though he can't prove it. So too, Tamini Chachamim, walking Sifrei Torah, while they are certainly not infallible, only the Rabboni Sholem is infallible, but nonetheless, they're the critical linchpins to addressing issues in which the Makoros themselves are not clear, um, are not always uh, even obvious. The definition then of Davar HaGadol and Davar HaKasha of Ki'i Palei is critical. Global issues as opposed to local issues, especially in an age of the global village, the internet, what is local, what is global anymore? These are difficult questions. But some issues are clear. In some cases, it's obvious that greater authority is required, greater knowledge, greater wisdom, greater experience. Whenever we deal with new initiatives or innovations, whether they're technological or moral, there can be a lot of discussion. On all levels of the hierarchy, people can make suggestions, and sometimes their insights are invaluable in moving things forward. 
But in the end, again, it's that master diagnostician who is more than the medical um, or physician parallel, because we're talking about the world of Torah, where there's also a notion of siyata deshmaya and hashkacha, where stakes are, if possible, even higher than the world of medicine, if such a thing is possible. Um, that input is required. Issues which are life and death, consequential, whether it's the brain death issue, bismanenu, how to define literally the beginning of life and the end of life. Issues that affect dine nefashos, family lives, matters of aguna, part of the problem in our community, that well-meaning people, well-intentioned people, who, you know, experience suffering and have an overabundance of empathy, all these things per se are good. But it leads them to overstep their authority in matters which are dvarim hagedolim and dvarim akashim, and not only to suggest solutions, but when those solutions are rejected by the higher levels of the hierarchy, nonetheless to continue to act upon them, that's unfortunately something that sets back the progress, the progress in the world of halacha, unity in the world of halacha. Issues of gerus are another example. Some rabbis have argued in recent years, I think just astonishingly, that nothing is more local than gerus. People belong in a certain community, it should be the local rabbi who has control over matters of conversion. I can't think of anything which is more global than, than gerus, frankly. Obviously, you need the input of local rabbanim to be able to assess both intentions of people who they have relationships with, as well as the prospects of going forward within a certain kind of community. That aspect of local input is crucial. But the determination, determination of standards for Gerus, where we're talking about people being inducted as full members of Klal Yisrael, they may live in one community today, they can move uh, the next day, they can be in a hundred communities. Their progeny, hopefully, uh, will spread, uh, assuming that they're Gerei Tzedek, it's fortunate that uh, they'll, they'll spread all over the world. I can't think of anything that is more global, Dvarim Agadolim, than the standards of Gerus. The Rabbinical Council of America recently, in the last number of years, tried to develop a, a model, uh, again, Rabbi Willig is far more of authority on this than I am, in which the standards would be determined by the Rabbanim who reflect um, this higher level in the hierarchy, whereas regional Rabbanim would have input um, and there would be some sort of you know, working relationship between the two. I don't know whether the system is yet perfect. I know at least that it makes more sense than what uh, had been pre- prevailing previous to that, the question in recent years of standards of community practice, the possibility of orthodox egalitarian minyanim or orthodox female rabbis is another example of an egregious breach of this system of hierarchy. The idea that innovations in such critical, symbolic, and substantive areas would be able to be put forth by local Rabbanim, without the input of Chach Mehamesorah, without, frankly, um, even any kind of deliberate discussion or analysis, uh, is simply an outrageous, in my opinion, an outrageous breach of the whole premise of the hierarchy 
of rabbinic authority. These actions, as well-meaning and sincere as they might be, completely undermine the integrity of the total system and the legitimacy of the hierarchy itself, what we sometimes call in rabbinic, in rabbinic words a chucha tlula. It makes a mockery of the process. And that mockery, ironically, is not just something which undercuts the highest level of rabbinic authority. Far more significant, it destroys the entire hierarchy. It essentially undercuts the principle of local rabbinic authority in the end of the day. And that is almost as damaging. While Das Torah, the input of Gedolim, of Chachmim Sora, who have the experience and instinct at least to tackle some of these questions, is not infallible, as I mentioned before. The fact is, even in addressing innovations, suggestions by all uh, rungs of the hierarchy can be valuable, but it's still clear that in the end of the day, it's the Moshe Rabbeinu of the generations, if we have such people, who will make the determination. Pesach Sheni was an innovation which was suggested by specific group in Kal Yisrael. Not by Moshe Rabbeinu, but it was brought to Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu brought it to the Rabboni Shalolam. He was the ultimate authority in determining that this innovation not only would become, but was always intended to be a part of Jewish life. The credit was shared by the innovators, not because of their innovation, but also because of the proper channels of authority that they used. The same is true about the story of the Bedos Tzofchad, who suggested a change in, or at least an insight in, reflecting upon what was intended to be a proper Seder Yerusha. And the same thing is true in the story of Betzalel that we read in the Parsha, uh, or that we read in Rashi, the Gemarn Brachos Tafnun Hay, in the previous Parsha. Rashi tells us, based on the Gemarn Brachos, that Moshe Rabbeinu felt that the Kalim of the Beis HaMikdash should be created before the Mishkan, I should say, before the Mishkan. Betzalel, who is the architect of the Mishkan process, disagreed and argued that Minakaolam that the bias should be made before the Kalim. And then the Chazal tell us, in the Gemara, which Rashi quotes, a remarkable thing occurred. Moshe Rabbeinu looked at Betzalel, and he said, Betzel Kel Hayisa. The Diuk is in the Pasuk, which says that the Mishkan was built exactly as Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded. Moshe Rabbeinu said, you know, now that you mention it, that's exactly what the Rabbanu Shalalam said to me. Betzalel, in this case, had the insight, the instinct, called the Das Torah, whatever you want, he had the insight to understand that the bias should be built before the Kalim. But he didn't just do it. He asked Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu gave him the credit, Betzel Kel Aisa. He said, in Achanami, you're absolutely right. The Gemara Menachos tells the famous story about the relationship between Rabbi Akiva, Moshe Rabbeinu. The details are not for now, it's just a wonderful story. I like to spread it as much as possible. The idea that Moshe Rabbeinu um, once uh, went in to hear the shear given by Rabbi Akiva, and he found it difficult to follow what was going on there, and he became very depressed. After all, I'm the Nosei Na Torah, I'm the one who is Rabbi Shalom Shliach, his messenger, in the giving of the Torah. How is it conceivable 
I don't even understand a word of what this uh, rabbi, all these centuries later, is imparting. Until at one point, one of the Talmidim got up and they asked Rabbi Kiva the question, how do you know a particular fact? When Rabbi Kiva responded and he said, I know that because it's halacha Moshe Misinai. I got that all the way from Moshe Rabbeinu. At which point Moshe Rabbeinu, at that point, that was not only, not only mollified, but was able to achieve a level of simcha, appreciating his own contribution. But as we like to explain it, it's not that Moshe Rabbeinu needed the credit, wanted the credit, was depressed because he wasn't getting the credit. That isn't the point of the story. The point of the story is that once Rabbi Akiva quoted Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to trace what happened from his Mesora all the way to Rabbi Akiva. He understood that while Rabbi Akiva continued the Mesora, he did so in a manner which was consistent with what he had received from Moshe Rabbeinu. That Mesora, that principle of Mesora, that continuity anchored in the past and yet continuing to evolve according to its proper methodology, that's the methodology of Chachmi HaMesorah Shabachol Dor Vador. The Gemara Chagiga comments on Pasuk, Rabim Chalolim Mipila Va'atsumim Kol Harugeha. And the Rambam quotes this Gemara in Ochus Torah, the Shulchan Aruch quotes it in Yoridea, it's too late for me to quote inside. These two parts of the Pasuk, Rabim Chalolim Mipila, refer to two opposite problems in the world of Psach Halacha. Rabim Chalolim Ipila refers to a Talmud Shalohi Gila Talmud who really doesn't have the ability to properly render Piske Halacha. Umora, nonetheless, he renders these Psachim. Hareza Shota Vigas Ruach. Such an individual is castigated very severely. He's a Rasha and a Gas Ruach. On the other hand, atsumim kol harugeha refers to chacham shehigia lahora she'enomora, somebody who has the ability but doesn't engage the topics. He refuses to render piske halacha even though he's capable. That individual is criticized. Hareze monea Torah v'nosein v'shalos lifnei rabim. By not stepping up when he is the appropriate authority, he too is criticized. But it's clear that the criticism of somebody who is lo-igi'a is obviously a much bigger problem and a much greater indictment than the one who is simply too reticent. Shulchanar goes on to quote that there's a third category, and that is the category of shualim k'tanim, little foxes who snipe away at you. Tamidim haktanim, hakoftsim lahoros, v'leshev barosh, ulizgadel b'fnei amearetz people in the hierarchy who don't cede authority or don't eagerly search for authority when they should. And sometimes it's a difficult call. But sometimes it's also obvious when people have overstepped their bounds in authority, and that's a terrible thing. Even someone who has a certain measure of stature. The rabim machlokes, these individuals, I'm sorry, marbim machlokes, such individuals are responsible for increasing strife and it's very critical that all parts of the strata of rabbinic authority understand their roles, that they interact in a calibrated manner. Harav Shemachal al-Kvodo is still someone who 
requires kavod from the perspective of the Talmud. In the end, in the end, it's the balance, it's the calibrated approach which brings the greatest benefit, which maximizes the Jewish community and the spiritual benefit to Klal Yisrael. It's that greater ambition, when properly pursued, which leads to what Yisro had in mind from the very beginning. Mishpat Tzedek and Shalom and peace. And that's ultimately when Parshas Yisro turns into the transition to the Aseris Adibros. Thank you.